1: Welcome to the Tuesday Roto Wire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, who'd like to remind you to be sports rich. I'm Jake Latarski joined today by John McKechnie. You can give John a follow on Twitter at Johnny So You can follow me on Twitter at JakeSki52. Before we get going, a quick reminder to please rate and review our podcast if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher. Any and all feedback is appreciated. John I asked this same question on a show I recorded earlier today but you know assuming you watched the Monday night game here I'd like to ask you to do perform a difficult task here and put yourself in the shoes of a Chicago Bears fan and think is there a single positive aspect you can take from Monday night's loss I mean uh Alshon
2: looked pretty good I thought overall uh in a in a sort of uh kind of sadder way maybe maybe uh people are starting to think that maybe it's the beginning of the end of the jay cutler era mm-hmm. in in chicago maybe there's maybe there's that element to it i think people are probably just done with him. i mean obviously it's not his fault that he got injured and you know that injury was sort of lingering from week one he tried to play through it but i think i think uh the bears fans that were kind of holding on to the idea of maybe jay cutler can do something for them i I think that ship has has long sailed and i think it's time to to sort of realize that and just start uh looking ahead to to the future
1: yeah eric actually brought up that maybe uh the you know the one positive is they could be vying for number one overall draft pick and a guy like deshaun watson this year to end the jay cutler era that'd be interesting we were talking about this in the office earlier today but Jay Cutler would just make the perfect Cleveland Brown, wouldn't he? Right. He's just pouty and underachieving and underwhelming, and embodies everything that the Browns franchise has stood for over the last ten years, right? And he can, you know, kind of help uh, keep their
2: quota of just terrible, poorly timed interceptions that you know kind of end up costing mm-hmm. them the game. Like he can, he can step right in. And, and provide that for the Browns if you were yeah, ever to Exactly. To there.
1: Blowing large leads, getting mm-hmm. getting injured, and and turning the ball over to less experienced, poor quarterbacks. I mean, it would just fit the Browns very well here. Side note here, but this podcast is about daily fantasy sports, and John and I are going to focus on the running back slate for the upcoming uh, week. Week three is almost upon us already. Uh, we've got a Thursday night matchup here between the Houston Texans and At the New England Patriots, the two running backs that you're going to want to watch in this game are Lamar Miller, who is 7,000 on FanDuel, LeGarrette Blunt, who is 6,500 on FanDuel. I typically don't like to play the Thursday slates here just because I have to lock my lineup a little bit early. However, is there any interest in either running back on these Thursday slates uh, if if you are playing it? I think
2: there's got to be. I mean, Lamar Miller, he's only down to like Mm 7,000, and I think that that mostly has to do with the fact that he hasn't... uh, hit paid her yet. But exactly. I mean he's he's been about as bankable of a workhorse as we as we've seen the league uh the first two weeks of the season. He's getting, you know basically all the touches out of that backfield. And he's dangerous as both a runner and a pass catcher. So like I said, I think you're getting him at a bit of a discount because of the fact that he hasn't uh, been scoring touchdowns at a greedy rate yet, but he's got the volume Mm -hmm. to where you'd imagine it's going to break through uh, one of these days here. And uh, New England actually uh, ranks 27th in rushing DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. So like secretly, they haven't been that stout against the run so far. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, I I think Blunt's also kind of at uh, an interesting play because you know Garoppolo is probably uh, sitting out, so you know they're going to have rookie Jacoby Brissett uh, going. I imagine they're going to lean on the run game a little bit more than usual because of that. So I think that that Blount, you know, he's just sixty five hundred. I think he's definitely worth a play. And you know, kind of like you said, Thursdays can be you can feel a little oogie about about locking your lineup set early. But I think this is a week where, where I'm definitely uh, down to down to throw a
1: lineup in. Yeah, if you're going to play a contest featuring the Thursday game, really the running backs are the only place you can go. On this. Maybe you can make a case for DeAndre Hopkins, I guess. He's pretty solid, but the running backs are going to be the focus of this game. It's a short week, limited time to prepare on the Patriots' side. you got a young, inexperienced quarterback who probably won't have the full playbook at his disposal. Both of these backs are huge. One, LeGarrette Blount, he should get the ball 30 to 35 times. I don't see any reason why they would do anything other than hand LeGarrette the ball and run simple flats to Edelman and Bennett, basically. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, Lamar Miller, 28 carries in week, two 25. I'm sorry, 28 carries week one, 25 carries week two. He is finally getting the volume that we're hoping from Lamar Miller. Now he's only averaging 3.6 a carry up to this point, and uh, I mean the Bears don't have the most stout run defense. Chiefs a little bit of an improvement here, but I think Lamar Miller is going to get some fantasy points, and the, his price keeps going down, and it's right? so weird. And I think you're right. You, you make the make the point. I like the outsider statistic that you mentioned that the Patriots maybe aren't as stout on uh, in the run D as many people think, and he a great play. I'd almost lock him in if I'm going to play Thursday. But like I said... Eric Blunt's going to get a ton of touches oh, yeah. too here. You could even do both backs in this game. I, d- I generally don't recommend that in DFS, but both of the backs are viable at yeah, least. The,
2: the, this matchup alone definitely definitely uh, speaks to the idea of you know maybe mm-hmm. using both these running backs this time around, even though that's kind of a against the grain technique
1: most of the time. Yeah, exactly. It'll probably be a pretty low-scoring game there week three. I mean, the over-under uh, for that game is just 40.5. That is by far the lowest on the slate. That's according to footballlocks.com here. So yeah, Houston actually minus one favorites in this game despite being on the road. Uh, Of course, that's all subject to change quite a bit. I'm sure we'll see that shift back and forth. But low over under in this game, it's going to be played heavily on the ground here. Let's uh, get to the excitement here. We've got a bunch of top tier running backs and there's been a lot of price shifting in the very top tier of the running back list here. It starts off. We've got D'Angelo Williams, number one overall at Philadelphia. He's eighty eight hundred on FanDuel. Then we go down to David Johnson, who actually gets a six hundred dollar price break decrease. The, David Johnson and the Cardinals will head to Buffalo uh, on Sunday here. Then we've got Todd Gurley at eighty three hundred at Tampa Bay here. Any of those guys stand out for you? Do you have a best bet if you are going to be paying up? Uh, I would. I would lean D'Angelo Williams. I think.
2: Uh I feel a little bit off always uh, using West Coast players uh, traveling east for that early game, you know, the 10 a.m. Body clock type deal, and then obviously you look at it and. But I mean, it's it's Pittsburgh to Philadelphia. uh, I'm talking about I'm talking about uh, David Johnson and Todd Gurley. Yes, correct. I I do uh, know that Pennsylvania is completely in the Eastern Time Zone. Believe it or not. Yes. But but, um, yeah. So you know, Gurley going down to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay kind of uh, secretly has the second best uh, rushing DVOA according to Football Outsiders, and you know, Gurley has been probably the biggest disappointment in all of fantasy football
1: thus far this year. Do you think that's Mm -hmm. fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But that being said, if his price keeps going down like this, I'm going to start locking him in until he goes off because he will go off. There's sure. no doubt about that, but you make a good point. The Tampa Bay run defense is a lot tougher than other people expect.
2: Exactly, and uh, you know, David Johnson, you know, he's also going to be traveling east. I like him better than Gurley this week, you know, only a $100 difference, and like you said, you're, you're getting him for $600 cheaper uh, than you were getting him last week, but I think if you're really going to pay up, just go ahead and go,
1: go all the way and just go with D'Angelo Williams going against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I'm a little bit concerned about D'Angelo Williams because I think this is peak price for him, and I don't think there's a lot of of value left at this point. Now I don't have a better top tier option to turn to. I'm probably actually going to just fade the entire top tier. But uh, just to play devil's advocate a little bit, the reasons I don't like Williams as much. You now, granted, the volume is going to be there for his last week, and they might as well just constantly tote him the rock because they don't have anything to save him for. Right. Right. Number one, Le'Veon Bell coming back week four, he's going to be the guy, and then D'Angelo Williams will kind of be off into obscurity. Right. His price will probably be down around you know. 6,000 after this week if we're being Mm -hmm. realistic about it here but this philadelphia defense is a lot better than people are giving them credit for i really think last year with chip kelly the problem was is that they were just on the field way too much their offense was dead last in time of possession and the defense just never really got a chance to catch their breath and and get a good break now you've got these guys that are are are, uh, together again and possibly building some rapport and they look pretty good against the Bears now granted the Bears might have one of the worst offensive lines in football I mean they they did sign long you know okay you know that's all right but one guy's not going to turn around an entire offensive line the Bears offensive line cannot protect any quarterback worth a damn really I mean Hoyer got beat up too after Cutler was out and then uh, of course the Bears averaging just 3.6 yards per carry there so there, there wasn't a whole lot going on the ground for Chicago even beforehand and I don't know how much of that is the Bears' offensive line, how much of that is the Eagles, but I do think the Eagles maybe have a little bit of an underrated run defense and, and defense on a whole, and uh, they might be able to give DeAngelo Williams a tough time. That being said, the volume is going to be there, so he does give you a pretty low or a pretty high floor for cash games. He should carry the, I mean, he should be really close to 100 yards and a touchdown, so probably a 15 point floor.
2: Exactly. You know, uh, you know, kind of like you said you know, this is the week to just kind of go full in with Williams because I mean, you know, bell's coming back. So there's really no other options in that backfield behind Williams for this week. So, I mean, he, he, you know he should be a lock to get around thirty touches you know between carries and and receptions uh so i I just think that that volume alone uh, mm-hmm. is enough for me is enough to convince me and I think that Pittsburgh's offensive line is a little bit better than I was expecting uh they they seem to just kind of wear defenses down I know that Philadelphia, uh really did look you know sharp and uh fast and they they kind of would would all flock to the ball last night I was pretty impressed by that but I also think that the Bears uh line probably had a little bit to do with that i just, you know, I think in the end, you're probably right to just fade this tier. But if you are paying up, mm-hmm. I think Williams would be the guy out of all of them.
1: I think we can reach a re- reasonable compromise here. I, I would say throw Williams in the cash game lineups, but I think. You might want a little bit more upside in your tournament lineups, a little bit more variance. You right. know? Yeah, I, don't think, I think Williams will probably end up somewhere between where he was in week one and week two. And the question is, is, is will he hit value at the $8,800 price tag? And I think there's a decent enough chance, but that tag also gives you a pretty solid floor to use in your cash game lineups right. here. So, uh, yeah, I can't knock you if you want to play him. I I, I mean, I, I'm sitting here trying to win you know, you know know big tourneys every week, uh, not the optimal bankroll management strategy. I, I just want to cash big one of these days. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I'm probably going to fade it, but again, I see the logic behind paying for it there. What about the second tier of backs, though? So couple, I think some of these options in Tier 2, personally, are a lot more attractive than the top here, tier. We've got Ezekiel Elliott, 8,100 against the Bears. Then C.J. Anderson, 8,000 at Cincinnati. And DeMarco Murray, 7,700 versus Oakland. I actually don't mind any of these guys. I'm skipping over Adrian Peterson, and 7,800 because... Although he hasn't been ruled out for week three yet, Adrian Peterson has a torn meniscus, and if he does play, he goes to Carolina to face that defense. So just all don't don't put You're Adrian Peterson. Yeah, yeah, he's just off not. the table. I, I just put a line straight through him. I actually had to Google the Mac keyboard key for strike through on a Google Doc just to make sure I could put a line through Adrian Peterson today. So go ahead and fade him. Yep. But what about the rest of these options?
2: Yeah, really, you can't go wrong. Uh, you got to love the the Zeke matchup going against Chicago. Um, you know, we saw. Ryan Matthews, uh, able to convert some, some red zone looks into, into touchdowns against that Chicago defense last night Chicago. God, I mean, they just got so banged up, you know, Mm -hmm. pretty much everywhere, uh, last night. So they're, they're going to be very beleaguered coming into Sunday and, you know, you don't want any part of that when, when, uh, you got Dallas' offensive line just pushing you around. You, know, oh, you need yeah. to be at full strength to, to even uh, compete with them in that regard. So the fact that Chicago is going to be you know limping into this game, I think that makes Zeke uh, uh, someone that I would consider a little bit more than usual. C.J. Anderson, uh, definitely one of my favorite running backs so far this year. Uh, tough matchup, though, against mm. Cincinnati. Exactly. Um, and then DeMarco. Uh, I do like I I'd probably go DeMarco over CJ Anderson just because I like that matchup a lot. I don't think that Oakland uh is quite gelled as a as a run defense quite yet. Um so I think Murray he I know he, you know, he gives away some carries to Derrick Henry, but he does seem to be kind of like the guy, and he's been used more as a pass catcher uh, this year. So uh, that that like adds to uh, his upside, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I really do like Demarco Murray, and I, I would agree with you. I would put Murray over CJ Anderson in the rankings this week. CJ Anderson was last week's chalk play of the week, and he he kind of lived up to it I mean he got in the end zone in a reasonable amount of yards didn't really go Spencer Ware week one numbers but he played pretty well here but CJ Anderson has a much tougher matchup here against Cincinnati this Bengals defense is going to get after the Broncos here especially Mm -hmm. with a a relatively inexperienced quarterback at the helm and I don't know how much he's going to be able to lean completely on CJ Anderson in this matchup here and of course then we have a road matchup as well going from Denver to Cincinnati maybe a little travel concerns there But I think out of that whole tier, those guys we mentioned here between uh, Elliott, Anderson, and Murray, I still think Elliott's the top for the reasons you mentioned. I think you hit that right on the head with your analysis, John. Those Bears are banged up. They gave up—I mean, the Bears didn't give up a ton in terms of yards per carry. I think that might say more about the Eagles' variety of backs than it does the run defense. I mean, they gave up over 100 yards but needed 31 carries, I believe, to get there. Mm -hmm. But once they got in the red zone— Ryan Matthews was able to convert. And then there was that there was that weird, oh, well, I guess he he got it, but they, they went to Darren Sproles in the red zone once, and, and then they didn't make it, but they it was a super late offsides call. It was just a oh, weird yeah. sequence of events in that game that I think Matthews ended up scoring there. So uh, I think Doug Peterson learned his lesson. He'll call Ryan Matthews' numbers yeah, in the ed, zon, ed zone the moving forward. But anyway, back to this game. Ezekiel Elliott, I think, is going to be one of the chalkiest plays of the week. I think at 8,100, you're getting him at a price – that you won't be able to get him at for much longer. And the volumes there, even though Alfred Morris scored a touchdown last week, he carried the ball four times more than Alfred Morris. And, uh, I mean, okay, so Ezekiel Elliott, he did fumble the ball twice and lost one of them, so that's slightly concerning. But I don't know if that's enough to get him fully in the doghouse of Jason Garrett just yet. This isn't Tom Coughlin or Bill Belichick we're talking about. Yeah. This is the Cowboys. you got to give, give the rock to your first-round pick.
2: And, and, you know, I mean, Dak Prescott's under center. Obviously, Dak has done... Uh, extremely well uh, for a rookie, but you know, you're not going to abandon the run, uh, regardless. When as long as you have a rookie under center, like you
1: have, you have to be able to establish the run. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't think you can lean on Alfred Morris, even if you decided you wanted to split. You can't lean on Alfred Morris for 15 carries. I, no. I, 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 I'm just not buying it. I mean, I guess you could if if Elliot was hurt or for some reason, but I don't think you would when you have Elliot there waiting in the wings. Unless I mean, a couple early fumbles could could cost him, I guess. But I don't know if Garrett would actually pull their first round pick. I think Jerry might have a thing or two to say about that. <laughs> I think you're. Uh, uh, just you know, speculation there, but okay. Third tier of running backs here, starting at the top. Matt Forte coming off a three-touchdown performance here. He's 7,500 at the Chiefs, a little bit tougher matchup there. Devontae Freeman, 7,400 at the Saints. Eddie Lacy, 7,300 at home against the Lions. Melvin Gordon, 7,100 at the Colts. Uh, of course, uh, missing Danny Woodhead. I think that's a good matchup for him, too. Latavius Murray, 7,100 at Tennessee. Jamal Charles, 7,000 versus the Jets he's expected to make his week th- or season debut in week 3 and then we've got Lamar Miller who we kind of discussed earlier 7000 at the Patriots the volume should definitely be there for Lamar Miller if you're playing that Thursday slate here anyone else stand out to you in particular on this uh on this uh list here this grouping
2: I uh, got a little bit burned uh going so heavily with Giants against the Saints last week I I still don't understand what happened there but you know here we are so I don't know Freeman had a bounce back week. That was really encouraging to see because he was a guy that, you know, I think all of us were a little bit concerned about after week one. It's like, oh my God, no why, doubt about why it. Is, why is Tevin Coleman getting all these touches and why why isn't Devontae Freeman doing anything? Uh, look, definitely looked a little bit better uh, this past week. So I, I feel a little bit better about using him this go round. Uh, I'm really having trouble deciding where I'm where I'm valuing Forte at this, because I mean the price tag, you know, isn't overly expensive. Uh, but there are just other guys in this grouping. I, I, I really love Melvin Gordon's matchup against Indianapolis, for example, especially, like you mentioned, with Woodhead out of the picture now. Maybe maybe Gordon even gets more looks out of the backfield as a pass catcher. Uh, I know that he's capable of, of, of uh, you know, Putting up good numbers as as a receiver, so I think that he's probably my my favorite of this uh,
1: like third tier at seventy one hundred. Yeah, absolutely, John. I think first and foremost you do have to at least look at Devontae Freeman because he's playing in the game at uh, that has the highest over under of the entire week. It's fifty three and a half. The next highest is that San Diego Colts game at fifty two. Even again, according to football no in that here. Game. Yeah, no defense in, in either of those games nope. really here. And uh, yeah, I mean. The concerning thing about Freeman, though, is that he didn't catch a pass in Week 2, and that's generally you're hoping that he has some value there. But on the other hand, Tevin Coleman caught two passes, and but Freeman was much more productive in the rushing game, 17 for 93, Coleman 12 for 46. So Freeman averaging 55 Coleman just three point eight, but then Coleman got the touchdown, so it's it's really tough there to try to uh, try to plan that out. You can almost, I mean, if you want to get a piece of that game, Tevin Coleman's sixty four hundred, so he's uh, you know a thousand dollars cheaper, and you know if the it, it's all going to be touchdown dependent, it's almost a situation to fade. Just because you you don't really know. Although I would assume Freeman has the edge, and I think you have more profit potential using Freeman. Just maybe a higher ceiling with Freeman. Yeah, you just
2: you just wish that that Freeman had just a bit more of of like the total market share. You know, like he had fifty five percent of the of the running back touches last week according to NFL dot com. Tevin Coleman forty five. So I mean, those are the only two that, that get the ball out of the backfield. But it mm-hmm. it's a borderline even split. Um so I mean you like the matchup but you you just wish that uh there is a more clear favorite right now. I mm-hmm. wish it
1: wasn't such like a muddled picture right now. Exactly. When it's all said and done though, I think you did a good job talking me into Melvin Gordon at 7,100. The Colts have just, they've allowed opposing running backs to torch them. their defense is depleted. I mean, okay. So the, the, well their biggest injury is probably Vontae Davis. And that right. shouldn't really have an effect on the running game, but they still haven't been able to stop any opposing backs and have particularly struggled with pass catching backs. I'm going back to Detroit where we had both Abdullah and Riddick getting over five oh, receptions yep. here. So I mean, Colts aren't going to stop anyone, and if Melvin Gordon gets some of those Danny Woodhead pass-catching opportunities, he could be in for just a huge game. I think his uh, ceiling is off the charts completely. I mean, I don't—okay, so if Woodhead's out, we we presume— Kenneth Farrow is the next guy up, I guess on the depth Yikes. chart behind, uh, behind Melvin Gordon. I had to look up who think, the heck that guy was yeah, from, today. from uh, Houston, right? Yeah. And then uh,
2: I think I think they're going to bring in Dexter McCluster but, you know, yeah. it's a tough it, ask to have it, him, it, you know, learn the playbook
1: it, and get on the field. Yeah, it's the, too short in a week. I mean, you can maybe throw McCluster in kick return duty, I bet you, or punt return if sure. you had to or something like that, but to have him involved in the offense is, yeah, you're right, a little bit too much to ask. So I'm surprised they're not going after C.J. Spiller but I guess the Woodhead injury is, is not expected to be too serious this is more of a short-term thing here but Melvin Gordon big time play uh he I think he's gonna have some excellent value here on Sunday yes Fantasy football fans, the wait is nearly over. Football is back, which means FanDuel is back, and this year it's better than ever. It's not just the new season at FanDuel, it's a new era. They've upgraded your entire experience with real improvements for everyday fans, and they believe you deserve everything sports has to offer to make you sports rich. Try the new FanDuel now. Just pick your team, stay under the celery cap, and have all the fun that fantasy has to offer. New to the game? Play in a beginner contest to learn the ropes. If you have $1, there are games for $1. 50-50 contests also where the top half wins cash. Or you can settle the score with a friend in FanDuel's brand new friends mode. It's season-long fantasy football with weekly teams. Plus, new features ensure a fair and level playing field for all. Have all the fun that football has to offer. Have all the fantasy football has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. John, let's dive into the next tier of running backs here to uh, kind of uh, get, get our listeners a full picture of the entire scope here. This is where tournaments are going to be won. This is where life-changing amounts of money are going to be won on FanDuel here. You're going to have to find the guys in the, in the lower tier that uh, could really step things up and get you some big-time production, which will afford you allow you to afford guys like Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, even if you want to go in the top QBs, your Cam Newtons, Rob Gronkowski's of the world even here. But right. but looking, let's look at this tier. I'll just read it off from top to bottom, and then we'll each offer a couple of picks here. Again, Mark Ingram, 6,900 against the Falcons. Isaiah Crowell had that big touchdown run in Week 2, 6,900 at Miami. Christine Michael looking like the guy in Seattle with uh, Thomas Rawls' Pretty negative rushing statistics on Sunday. Anyway, Christine Michael checks in at 6,900. Home against San Francisco. Got Doug Martin, who's a little bit banged up. You're going to want to watch his practice status this week. Has the Rams at 6,800. I mean, that's one that you pretty much got to fade regardless uh, for daily purposes. Arian Foster also dealing with a groin injury. Looks like he might miss a week or two. So I'm going to put the strike through on that matchup against the Browns. We then have LaShawn McCoy, sixty seven hundred, which is cheap for him, but it's cheap because he has the Arizona Cardinals, one of the better run defenses in the league. Followed by Ryan Matthews at sixty six hundred coming off a two touchdown performance. He has the Steelers at home. TJ Yeldon may or may not have to compete with the return of Chris Ivory. We'll see he's 6,600 home against Baltimore. And then Jeremy Langford, who found the end zone on Monday night, he's 6,500 at Dallas. Any of these guys jump out at you in any way? Like we said, we're probably crossing Foster off the list here Um And I would arguably go ahead and cross out TJ Yeldon off the list, just depending on the Chris Ivory situation. Doug Martin's a wait and see like anybody else. Yeah. uh, Yeldon, uh, he's a guy that I, I said on the, on the
2: Friday pod when, when Paul Bruno and I kind of just run through our, our lineups as it were. And, you know, I made sure to say that Yeldon I'm off even though uh Ivory was out. So with Ivory potentially coming back, uh that's even more reason to, to leave him alone, especially against the Ravens run defense at you know, aside from that one big play to Crowell, I thought they uh played pretty solid on Sunday. I like I think I like Ingram against uh the Falcons of this group a lot and I also like uh Langford at sixty five hundred. He's a guy that like is probably not gonna have a ton of ownership because, you know, we've been even kinda of trashing the bears and I I think that that's probably uh, reflective of just how everyone kind of feels about the Bears right now they're just not a team that that you're like trying to load up on and uh you know assuming the Cutler's missing this game they're going to be running the ball Mm -hmm. a little bit more you know because Brian Hoyer I mean you, you can't have him chucking the ball everywhere and I think uh Kadeem Carey might be a little bit uh banged up right now as well so I mean that's one less uh mouth to feed so I think that could end up in a little bit more work uh for Langford than we were expecting so I it's really just sort of like you're you're taking like the risk here you're taking you know the the chance of having the public not really be on Langford and then hopefully it pays off and Dallas has been a decent run they're they're like right around the middle as far as uh, DVOA against the run is concerned so I mean it's not like a defense that I'm like totally terrified to use a running back against
1: per se Mm -hmm. yeah looking at this tier for me Personally, Mark Ingram jumps out a lot at the top. I think that like Lamar Miller, he's getting a price break because he hasn't found the end zone exactly. yet, but it's only a matter of time before that happens. You get a back for 6,900 against a, a team that can be susceptible to uh, uh, to uh, the opposition running the ball, and you get yourself a piece of that for cheaper than your Devontae Freeman, and I think there's a decent amount of upside there. He could have a good game, so I'm probably looking at that matchup again putting the line through Arian Foster here, uh, going down. I'm not going to touch TJ Yeldon. We don't know about Ivory yet, but monitor that injury report. Um, But overall, yeah, I guess I kind of see where you're coming from with Langford, but really my favorite guy out of this whole tier is Ingram, and if I'm going to go to this tier, I'm probably going to dip into the Ingram well. Uh, There's also, kind of related to this tier, Jeremy Hill, 6,400. He has Denver. That's another complete fade for me. Tevin Coleman, you maybe consider 6,400 at New Orleans. The other guy, Fozzie Whitaker, is 6,300. Now, the Minnesota Vikings are a pretty good defensive team here. Fozzie Whitaker is presumably going to get the Bulk of the touches uh, I, I, on all downs f- for the Carolina Panthers. Maybe Cameron Artis-Payne works his way into the mix a little bit here. But Fozzie Whitaker was the really the main guy on Sunday's matchup here. Right. And I would like him, but it's the Vikings, and his price is up to 6300 If Fozzie Whitaker was a $5,500 back, yeah. I'd be all over it. But I think the price got a little bit too steep. I think FanDuel did a great job getting out ahead of it to possibly curb the ownership that could... Could have been off the charts, but now it's going to be a little more reasonable, right?
2: Because because I mean, yeah, it's at sixty three hundred. You you do have to you know think about it because I mean he's right there in that same tier basically as as your Langford, Yeldon, uh, Ryan Matthews type deal. So it's not like you're you're just getting like this total uh, bargain barrel option like. Uh, I guess in in baseball this year, uh, there was one day where Enrique Hernandez was just like 200 bucks or something. So Mm -hmm. like his ownership percentage was just through the roof because there was just an inputting error, I think. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to be like one of those situations where you can really take advantage just on price alone. And uh, I
1: really don't like that matchup. Uh, against against the Vikings Vikings are tough mm-hmm. I mean they I think Eddie Lacey averaged 4.2 yards a carry against the Vikings and and he's a big kind of bruising back you generally okay so you think of Fozzie Whitaker you you think of him because he's been used kind of as a third down pass catcher so you don't think he's all that big or physical for for just a casual fan but he is 510 205 so it's not like he's uh it's not like he's a Darren Sproles back there sure. he's somebody that can uh, deliver a blow or a hit if he needs to and I just think he's gonna have a tough time against the Vikings we have a very stout front seven and just a solid defense overall agreed uh right here but let's move on uh chalk play you gotta gotta pick a chalky ralph wiggum type play of the day here uh, a guy that's going to be in a lot of your lineups who's your man john
2: uh i'd say if, we, if we're going full on chalkage i'll go with it with the highest price guy and i think he's highest priced for a reason gotta go d'angelo williams he's just been on a war path to start the year and you know this is sort of his last Uh, time to really be the featured back, so I think he's going to make the most of it. Uh, Like I said, he gets... Like pretty much all the touches, he got ninety-two percent out of the touches out of the backfield, according to NFL.com last week. I do like his matchup. I know Philly. You know, we, we've kind of broken down how their, how their defense played, but I think that you know, obviously Pittsburgh has a superior offensive line to Chicago, so I think there will be some some running lanes for him. Uh, I just think the volume uh, potential is is uh, like that that floor is so safe. I think he's going to be able to get there. I think that Pittsburgh should be able to wear down Philadelphia over time, and then you know, kind of get uh D'Angelo some touches in the red zone or something like that so I think if we're we're really paying up for a running back I'll probably go the D'Angelo route
1: Mm -hmm. as much as I do like that John I think I'm gonna you know I'm gonna offer up Zeke Elliott as my chalk play I think he's someone that you can pay up for and and have a pretty solid floor in terms of production I mean He'll get twenty carries, so he should get eighty yards and a touchdown, almost no matter what. Yep. And uh, I mean, I think the Bears' defense—they bent a little bit on Monday night. They're going to completely break on Sunday night yep. because it's the Cowboys' offensive line. I like where you're going with that. How they—they're gaining momentum. And I mean, the Eagles took it to them. The Cowboys are really going to take it to them, big time. Uh, so that—that's why I like Zeke Elliott. But realistically, I'm probably not paying over eight thousand for a running back this week. I think Melvin Gordon, I'll, I'll get some of. I'm going to get some Mark Ingram. But then I'm going to mix and match with a lot of did a lot of sneaky. G- GPP plays involved in here but uh, if you like a G, if you got any gpp plays in mind uh who are you looking at
2: uh i think i alluded to it a little bit a few minutes ago uh langford i just think that like he, it's just a sort of a sneaky play I, I don't i really don't think that his ownership is going to be more than like five percent just because uh maybe people just want to stay away from chicago They saw the way they ran the ball last night but i don't know i think that langford langford might be a guy that that uh That just kind of gets it done against that defense that, that, like I said, is maybe a little bit overvalued in the public mind and maybe isn't as
1: good as people think it is. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from there. I'm going to go even cheaper for my GPP play. It's going to be really throwing a dart or shaking the dice, but I'm buying the skills here. I'm going Jay Ajayi against the Browns, number one. It's the Browns. They're going to give up a lot of yards on the ground because they're going to play from behind for a lot of that game. I'm going heavy on Dolphins this week all across the board and daily. I'm going to have some some Tannehill-Devontae Parker stacks. Not that I don't like Jarvis Landry, but I'd like... Devonte Parker's price better, and I think Parker's upside is a little bit better because right. of how he's used in, in maybe the red zone or deep ball capacity. Exactly. So I'm gonna do a lot of uh, Tannehill and Parker stacks, but I'm gonna use some Jay Ajayi. I mean he's only fifty seven hundred. He didn't quite get the Fozzie Whitaker treatment, uh, because I mean who knows? Maybe Kenyon Drake will get some of Jay Ajayi's work, and that's a little bit of a risk too. If you are in that camp and think Kenyon Drake's getting that work, I mean you can get Kenyon Drake for next to nothing. Wait a minute, he's actually fifty nine hundred. How on earth does that work? So Wow. Okay, so Kenyon Drake's going to be 5,900, and Jay Ajayi's 5,700. I think I take Ajayi every single time because he should get more touches, and despite some of those tensions, maybe an earlier season rift with the organization, I like the skills a little bit better. I think Ajayi, uh, a little bit more punishing, can do a little bit more, and has that year of experience in the league. Granted, it was with a different system, but I I do like Ajayi more. I'm going to buy the skills, but... I, Drake has a chance, but at these prices, I don't think I can use him in DFS. Like no. in season long, I have I don't know maybe seventeen dollar bids on Ajayi that I'm backing with one dollar Drake bids just in case because mm-hmm. I think people will be off off Drake. But from a DFS standpoint, I think it's got to be Ajayi. In yeah, the I, I much
2: prefer Ajayi. I much prefer his skill set as far as being able to to handle an NFL workload, especially mm-hmm. you know at this point in the season. I, I just don't think that Drake
1: uh, would really get more than like ten touches. Yeah, and if you really want to go nuts with your JPP plays, Matt Asiata's 4,600. That's we don't, a little wild. We don't, like it. Yeah, we don't know that Adrian Peterson's out yet, but he did tear his meniscus, and I he's mean, been pretty on. ineffective otherwise. Matt Asiata could get work on second and third, or first and second downs. He's an option. If you're in the Jarek McKinnon camp, he's 5,300. But again, I think if you're going to bank on a scrubby Vikings running back behind a garbage offensive line, you might as well just go with the cheaper one in the GPP, right? And try Asiata. I think so, too. And it kind of feels like uh, that organization
2: prefers giving Asiata the ball it seems like they trust him a little bit more he got you know more touches Mm -hmm. than than McKinnon did on on Sunday he had seven touches and McKinnon only had three even despite
1: the AP injury yeah I mean Asiata gets the is presumed to get the goal line work I mean he'll get the goal line work the red zone stats inside the 20 I think McKinnon got used a little bit more last year but the overall productivity definitely leans towards Asiata I think people gravitate towards mckinnon because of the ppr type upside again fanduel only half a point ppr so that right. even things out a little bit uh if you're going to throw a complete dart i think you can you could probably throw in asiata for 4600 and and hope for the best again watch the inactive report though that's why i got to check into rotowire.com on sunday mornings exactly. make sure that adrian peterson's ruled out before you even try thinking of the other any of these because take a zero from a running back and you're pretty much throwing away yep, your entry you fee right there so no, yeah no good you got to have a good start And I think uh, there could be some profit potential in this Minnesota backfield if you're careful about it and approach it the right way. Well, before we sign off, we do have a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to Fanduel.com RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Again, go to Fanduel.com slash RW. If you are already a FanDuel depositor and just want to check out the website, want to check out those inactives I mentioned, uh, watch our coverage of the injury report, use our lineup optimizer for FanDuel. A lot you can do for free all you have to do is go to rotowire.com slash pod that's rotowire.com slash pod we'll hook you up with a free 10-day trial you don't even need to worry about grabbing your credit card anything like that it's completely no strings attached we won't take any payment information from you whatsoever until you want to commit on a subscription here so again rotowire.com slash pod once again, I'm Jake Latarski. You can find me on Twitter at jakeski52. And I'm John McKechnie. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny McKecks. The Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return on Wednesday.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand